Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. I'm just going to start by saying go blue. There it is. There it is. We're back. Did we take Monday off? We did, right? We took Monday right off. We did. We certainly we took it off. off. At least in terms of the uh, of the pod and the live stream. Just you know, I mean, we've got we've got all this time in between when Michigan last played and their next game, and like a lot of what we do obviously revolves around that. So, well, you know. and plus it's been nice to like take advantage of some of this time to like spend time with our families. Like, I I did, I haven't talked to my kids in a long time. You know, prior to like the big 10 championship. So it's been nice to have this little bit of break so that I can play dad for a little while before we get to the college football playoff. They're like, daddy's back. Who is that guy? Who's that strange guy in our house? Who wants I actually, to hold me? my kid, my, we were just talking about this tonight. My kid acts surprised every time he sees me in any room. Like he walks in, he's like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm here all day. What's, what's the deal? I don't really you know off the couch very often. You know what one of my favorite things has become as a parent? This is going to sound horrible. Please don't call social services on me, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like, as a parent, when you get, you know, maybe you've had a few too many drinks mm. and then like you forget you're a parent and then all of a sudden you see your kids and you realize how much you love them. And then you're kind of like that drunken parent embracing your kid. Like that to me is like, <laughs> like I love, I love <laughs> What? What's Being happening? Wasted and holding holding children. No, you just you know how like you kind of you you have fun being an adult every now and then, and then you forget you're a parent, and then you come home and you see your kids, and then you know where did I go? Where was I going with this guy? That's yeah. Thank you, Brady. Brady was uh he was he was quicker to it than I was right there with the TFG. You know what? I think I think what I wanted to do was like take that in a certain direction, and it I don't it didn't go where I wanted it to go. It just came out as like me getting drunk and like hanging you, out with kids. You let it go wherever you want it to go, there, brother. <laughs> wherever you want it to go, and we'll keep it moving. All right. So here's what we're gonna do, everybody. Today is Wednesday, kind of our fan led deal. We're gonna try to do this kind of like rapidly because I don't want to spend an hour straight talking about all these recruits. A lot of you guys have been following this stuff all day long. We've been putting stuff up on the website about it all day long. Every single outlet out there has been covering it all day long. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to have Chris kind of set the stage, kind of give me the little intro real quick. I'll give my little two cents on each guy. There are 23, uh, 23 guys who signed today, and then that way we can maybe spend 20 minutes on this or so, and, and then we'll we'll finish up the last half of the show with with questions from you guys. I would imagine some of it's going to be about recruiting, but we'll see. Whatever you guys want to talk about, we'll get into it. So I'm not quite the recruiting gu recruiting guru I once was. Like when I was at Rodden, come on now, don't be modest. Don't that's be all modest. I did. You know, that's all I did. It was 24-7, 365 covering recruiting when I was with Rivals. And now, you know, we do a little bit of that, but we're spread a little bit more thin and there's not as much, not as much dedicated in-depth coverage. But I, I can't. I can't ever completely go away from it. I've noticed like, you know, I still find myself like, damn, I feel like I should be 
doing some scoop here or t- talking to this kid or going to this game or going to this camp. And I just haven't really done as much of that. But anyways, I think it'll still be good to talk about this a little bit out loud. And then that way we can, uh, you know, field kind of, we'll, we'll field questions as we go a little bit too. But uh, for now, Chris, MC, MC Chris. And he's muted. Perfect. Perfect sound <laughs> after the drunk speech. Right into a muted microphone. Tried to lay it out there. Dude, how do I get through a day? How do I get through a day without just completely falling apart? Just tossed him up a meatball. Couldn't handle it. Couldn't Unreal. handle it. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't think of a better place to start than with the big fish, the crown jewel of the 2022 recruiting class. Will Johnson, obviously the biggest part of this class. You've covered this kid. You're very familiar with him. You know, tell the people what they need to know. Yeah, he's one of the few that I actually have had some interaction with and seen play live a couple of times because he's a local kid and he's a big timer and he was around for a long time. But I mean, at this point, there's not a lot that Michigan fans don't know. I think this kid is an absolute star. I think he's uh, I think he's a Josh Ross, Aiden Hutchinson, Brad Hawkins, Andrew Vistardis type of kid. And what I mean by that is he's a captain. He's a future captain. This is the kind of kid that's going to come in, work, do exactly what he's supposed to do all the time and shoot man he might play next year because he's really freaking good too i mean he's one of the best cover corners in the in the in the entire country i mean it was the layup for michigan to get him you know his dad played at michigan he's a local kid but you still got to get kids like this and they did he's been committed since like february i think and uh never really wavered took a little bit of a look at usc but he was blue all the way huge huge signing for michigan to land will johnson yeah, and then again, another big get in the secondary safety, uh, Keon Sab. Is it Sab or Sab? How do you say his last Pretty name? Sure it's Sab. I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard it pronounced. I've been going with. Way. All right, so we'll go, we'll go with Sab. But you know, obviously, out of IMG Academy, you know what kind of recruits they're pumping out. You want to give anybody a little bit of a rundown about him? I know it looked like he had offers from all the big boys. I, I think what Clemson was a, a heavy front runner for him at the time. Obviously, they put together not a very good season. He ends up in Ann Arbor. Well, the biggest thing was that he was he was committed to Clemson for a long time, but then when Brent Venables left to take the Oklahoma job, that pretty much opened the door. Michigan benefited a lot today from this coaching carousel. Coaches looking yeah. elsewhere and moving on and going other places. Michigan said, yeah, we'll take that. They did that with about four or five guys, and you could make an argument that Sab is probably one of the biggest ones because he, he came for a visit. He was interested in Michigan, but then he picked Clemson, and you know there's a – there was a long stretch there where it was, you know, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, those guys get everybody. And so for Michigan to come in and poach a couple here and there, big deal. He's a stud. And, dude, Michigan's defensive secondary hall in this class is elite. Yeah. Elite. One of the best, if not the best, in the country. Yeah, and then another big get. And uh, one of J.J. McCarthy's old buddies, Tyler Morris, at the wide receiver position out of Nazareth uh, Academy in LaGrange Park, Illinois. Uh, again, give the people a bit of a rundown about this kid. A little bit younger, obviously, a year behind J.J., but um, really, really productive, really good after the catch, tough. I mean, he, dude, he reminds me of every receiver Michigan has right now. He's six foot, he's buck 65, he can run, he's good after the catch, he likes to block. He is Ronnie Bell. He is Roman Wilson. He is A.J. Henning. Maybe not quite as explosive as those other two guys, but also coming off a knee injury. You hope that he can get back to where he was before, but he did blow out his knee. Um, you know, he's been rehabbing that and getting back at it for, for a long time now. But he's been a, a steady commit, and obviously having J.J. in the fold helps there. But he was really, really talented before he got hurt. Slid in the rankings a little bit because he missed the senior season, but – Really good player. I, I like his film a lot. I think he can be really good at Michigan. 
Yeah, and then they were obviously hoping to pick up a nice compliment uh, to him in this recruiting class, and they got it in Darius Clemens. Uh, I think that's, again, another one of those guys. Didn't expect him to come to Michigan. He lands in Michigan. Dude looks like a beast. What do we need to know? Dude, he – this I, – I, there's a lot of developments that I like today for Michigan in terms of, like, looking good and the optics of it and how important it could be for the class. Darius Clemens is a stud. Like, like this kid looks like a future NFL wide receiver. Um, the big body, you know, six, three, I think he's listed at two Oh five. He looks bigger than that to me. He's got a verified like four, three, seven, four, four, oh, 40 time. I mean, the kid's a long, long strider can go up and get the ball. Another, another benefit of, uh, you know, him being heavily interested in Oregon, Mario Cristobal dips, come on down to Ann Arbor. They'll take you all day, every day. And that's a, that's a really big deal. They hosted him on his official visit last weekend. Obviously it went really well. Now he's a Wolverine man. That's that's a big deal, man. He's I see someone saying DK Metcalf. He's not quite that. He's not quite that <laughs> beastly, but he's a big dude. He can really run, and he's a he's he's a weapon. There's no doubt about it. And, and earlier you talked about the Michigan secondary, the Hall in this class being elite. Another one of the guys that contributes to that, Zeke Berry, uh, a top 15 uh, guy at his position nationally. What do you have to say about the kid? Man, before today happened and Michigan landed Derek Moore, who we'll get to, and Omarion Walker, who we'll get to, and Keon Sab, and, you know, the list, Darius Clemens, I think Zeke Berry was my favorite kid in the class. Outside of, like, Will Johnson's been there forever. He's kind of a given at this point. But when they landed Zeke Berry, I remember when he started looking heavily at Michigan and really paying attention to them. Um, a one-time Arizona commit, and they, they were awful this year. They never had a chance of hanging on to a kid like this. But he's, uh, like, he's... He falls somewhere, like, potential-wise, I think he falls somewhere, and at potential and athleticism and speed and versatility, to me, he falls somewhere between Brad Hawkins and Daxton Hill. Like, that's how highly I think of this kid. You know, Dax was a five-star kid, number one safety in the country. I don't know if he's billed quite that high, but he's he's a super versatile kid. He plays running back. He returns kicks and punts really fast, really smart, and he plays for De La Salle, which is, like, one of the best programs in the country, so... I think this is a big, big get. It's a California kid. I know you're you're a little worried about those dudes once in a while because they seem damn to you, California. They seem to not quite work out sometimes for whatever yeah. reason. But dude, to get a kid like that out of California is a huge deal for Michigan. Yeah, and, and another big get on the defensive side of the ball. This is the one that probably casual fans aren't really probably don't know much about this guy. But what do people need to know about linebacker Jimmy Rolder? Is it Rolder? Is that how you say his last name? I I think so. Yeah, another one that I haven't I've heard pronounced a couple different ways. Six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Looks like that prototypical Michigan nasty type linebacker. He's an athlete though, man. This is a kid that was a, you know a two sport athlete. I think he was. He was committed to Illinois to play baseball, so he's been like. And anybody who's who's ever been serious or knows someone who's serious about baseball, that is a like that's a year round type of thing. So that took a lot of time away from his football development. He's only been playing football only for like a year, and this kid was one of the hottest recruits in the entire Midwest for a stretch there. I mean, he picked up offers from everybody over the course of like three weeks, and then. You know, he settled down and picked Michigan. I mean, Ohio State wanted him, Notre Dame, Penn State. All the big boys in the Midwest wanted this kid, and he picked Michigan. So another big another big get for U of M. I think he's the kind of kid that he's like a Josh Ross in terms of, like, his, his IQ, his way to – if you watch his tape, the way he moves through the wash, he's got really good instincts. But he's a better athlete than Josh Ross. He runs better, a little bit rangier, a little bit longer. 
Um, he's a good player. He's, he's a kid that kind of came on the scene a little later. So when I was covering recruiting a little bit more, I never even heard of him. And then all of a sudden he kind of blows up and now he's part of the class too. It's a really good get for Michigan to kind of fend off the other big name programs out there and land a kid like that. Yeah, and, and then you got this – this kid's been in the fold for a little while. Cody Jones, um, four-star athlete. He's rated number 14 at his position. What do people need to know about this guy? Where do you see him fitting in as part of the 2022 class? He's a nickel, and you got to have kids like that to cover the crossing routes and to stick with quick, fast slot guys, and that's exactly what he is. He's probably not like your true boundary outside corner, luckily, for Michigan – they got one of those in Will Johnson. They got another one in Miles Pollard. We haven't got to him yet, but both of those kids, extremely long, extremely rangy. And then and then uh, Jones is a little bit more compact, a little more put together, a little more short space quickness, perfect for guarding those slot ninjas and those guys that run all over the middle of the field and you know get, get guys picked off on pick routes and rub routes and stuff. That's exactly what he is. And it's really important in today's football because every offense you face – has weapons like that on offense. So he, he's the kind of guy that can try to neutralize that some a little bit. That's, that's what Daxton Hill has been doing for Michigan this year. He's that kind of, he's that kind of cover guy. All right, man. I don't know if people are aware of this, but did you know that we got the top player out of the state of Idaho? I did. Are you aware of that? I did. The number one player out of the state of Idaho is coming to the state of Michigan. He's going to call Ann Arbor home for at least the next two or three years. Colson Loveland can't get enough of these big tight end, these athletic guys. What do you got to say about this kid? Yeah, I'm looking up his height weight real quick. 6'5", 230. I was going to say he's a little thin. Not thin, but like, you know, this isn't a 255-pound kid ready to come in and play right away. Um, it's going to be interesting what happens at tight end for Michigan because Eric Hall is going to have a, maybe a little bit of a decision a little bit of a decision to make. I mean, he's an athletic kid. And he's been pretty productive. Schoonmaker, I think, could come back for another year if he's allowed and if he's welcome, but we'll, we'll see how that kind of goes. But Loveland is, I mean, it, you know, it's a kid from Idaho. I mean, it's not a kid I've watched a ton of. It's the tight end spot. So you wonder, you know, how differently was he used in high school versus what he's going to be asked to do in college. You got to be able to block. You got to be a little bit more physical. And then obviously they're going to be involved in the passing game a little bit. I like the idea that he's 6'5", that he's 230, that he can run. He can really run. But it's you're, it, you're always wondering a little bit because the tight end spot is not the same in high school, I don't feel like as it is in college, unless you're you're talking about like, you know, a Ryan Hayes who played tight end in high school and just mauled people and now he's a tackle. So you, you wonder what you're gonna get out of tight end recruits sometimes. But I like the I like the framework and the clay that you have to work with with Loveland. The 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 what are we gonna call him? The big potato? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes that's like all that? you can call him. I like that. Yeah, the big I potato. Like just out there making French fries. The next guy, right. the next guy there's one thing I don't like about him. He's from California, but the one thing uh, I do like about him is that he wears eye paint under one eye. Also that he's a defensive lineman. He's what? 6'4", 295 pounds. Looks every bit the part of a Michigan defensive lineman. Mason Graham out of California. What are your thoughts on this kid? He's just a little bulldog, man. He's listed at, I think 6'4 is probably generous. I know that's, it's. Uh, I've seen probably. anywhere and 6'4". He looks closer to 6'2 to me. Yeah, but you know, with those cleats a, on. This is a, a try-hard dude, a strong, strong dude, a wrestler. I mean, you know, Michigan fans always love those interior guys who wrestled, and that's Mason Graham, and he plays for a really good program out in California, too, Servite. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. I think he was a pretty – yeah, he was committed to Boise State. I couldn't remember if he was 
choosing between Michigan and Boise State, but he blew up a little bit, started picking up some big offers, decommitted from Boise, picked Michigan. I like him. You know, I don't, I don't think that this isn't the kind of guy you're going to build your defense around, but you need dudes like that. Rotational guys come in, eat up the middle, make a play here and there, and be tough, be available, ready to go every single day. That's Mason Graham. Somebody threw out a Mike Martin type. Is that a fair comparison? Uh, I think Mike, now I think Mike Martin's a little bit more of a specimen. I mean, this kid is, this kid's, uh, you know, he's not first team off the bus, but you'll take him and he'll make plays for you. And Mike Martin looks like a freaking Greek god, dude. That guy's like put together like a Bob. Yes, the Hulk. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> that's just all yeah, it that's is. That's not yeah. quite what Mason Graham's looking like, but he he could be he could be just as effective. And guys that you know, guys that don't look great in swimsuits usually can play in the middle just fine. So there you go. Well, then you and I are me- meant for the middle <laughs> for sure. Beautiful. Uh, the next guy I saw, you were a little bit excited about this guy when his commitment came through. I'm going to let you pronounce his, his last name. Cause I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Uh-oh. Alex O R J I go ahead and pronounce that one for me. Cause pretty I don't sure wanna... it's orgy. Pretty orgy. sure it's orgy. Okay. Well, I didn't want to say that and then feel bad about, it. okay, fine. Alex orgy three-star guy, but I know as soon as that commitment came through, you were pretty excited about it. What was the reason for that? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, dude, he looks like a, he looks like a, you know, like a monster. I mean, the kid plays missed opportunity for the addicted to sex drop, by the way. I just want to put that ah, out there. Damn it. I got such the a missed opportunity. Now it's lost all meaning. He, uh, he's just put together, man. I mean, for a quarterback, you look at him, you're like, are you sure that kid's not like a third year college player playing linebacker? And both of his older brothers, I believe do play linebacker. I'm pretty sure they're both defensive players. They're at Vanderbilt, really high academic family. So the kid's going to love that side of the Michigan uh, experience. But, dude, you kind of see, all right, he's 6'2", he's 226. He rushed for like 25 touchdowns this past season. So you think, all right, he's just a, he's just a hybrid kind of guy playing quarterback in high school, just out there making plays. Dude, this kid can freaking wing it. I mean, he has got some throws on his highlight tape where it's 60, 65, 68 yards in the air on a dime. I don't know what his future is going to be at Michigan. Obviously, they brought in Jaden Denegal. We'll talk about him in a second. So they've got two quarterbacks in the class. But this is a kid you just take. You, you look at him. You watch him run around. You watch him move. You watch him throw. You watch him do all the things that he's been able to do, and you just take him and figure it out. He was committed to Virginia Tech for a long time. Again, a little coaching change there, a little bit of turmoil. Come on down to Ann Arbor. I think he's going to be. I think he's he's just really really intriguing. You never wonder. You ever you always wonder what those kind of kids are going to do in college when they finally figure it out and maybe settle on a position. Mike Barrett was just like this. You look at how he's built: six foot, six yeah. one, two twenty five, two thirty. Played dual threat quarterback, and he's played about ten positions at Michigan. So you know we'll see what uh, we'll see what you get out of Alex Orgy. But I like his film a lot. He just he's just an intriguing prospect. Yeah, and, and then we were just talking about big dudes in the middle and how you can never have enough of those guys. Kenneth Grant seems to fit the bill. Three-star kid, but, I mean, 6'4", 335 pounds, defensive lineman. What do you like about this kid? Hoss, he's north of 350. <laughs> this, is a big, this is a big body. I know, again, I mean, so Chris has got his list, depending on where you guys are looking, if you look on ESPN or Rivals or on 3 or 24-7. What, they Once all you have get past the 330 mark, it's like, all right, I mean, 330, 350, that's a big dude. He's well into three bills, and he he, but he can move. Uh, he's an athlete. Um, another kid that picked up some big offers down the stretch here before he picked Michigan. So, I mean, you know, 
you want you want huge and you want athlete when you put him in the middle. That's that's Kenneth Grant. I mean, he just he looks the part. You know, I mean, th- th- that's a these are these big body dudes. You're often not going to see right away. You know, they need some time to reshape their bodies a little bit, get their strength on the right level. But he's got he has got all the tools to be a good, you know, nose nose tackle, zero technique, whatever you want to play in the middle right there in Mike McDonald's defense. Well, next up is Jane Denegal, and I know that he was the quarterback in this class, and you said it to me today when Alex Orgy committed that you actually like Orgy a little bit more than you like Denegal. But Denegal's been part of this class for a minute. What does he bring to the table maybe that you don't have with Orgy? Yeah, I mean, he's just a more pure passer. He's a more he's a more pocket presence kind of guy. He's more of a true quarterback. I'm, I don't know this for sure, but if I had to guess, I would think that Denegal's played the position a lot longer than Orgy has. I don't know that for sure, but I, but just looking at them, how they can dare, how they conduct themselves, how they carry themselves in the pocket. That's what I would, that's what I would guess. And again, it's, you know, Orgy can just do so much because of his build, his athleticism. Whereas Denegal's a, he's going to stand in the pocket and throw it around with that big arm. He's probably six, six, you know, two thirty. not much of a runner. Definitely wants to throw it first, but I don't know, man. I mean, he clearly was not Michigan's first choice at quarterback. I mean, they missed out on several guys. They offered him or they, they brought him in for a workout, offered him, and he committed on the spot. Like, that's not how your top option at the position goes. So I've always I've always kept that in the back of my mind a little bit that this was like, you know, down the list quite a bit for Michigan. But, you know, he plays out in California. He's been playing the position a while, and he looks pretty good. He's got a lot of tools. So we'll see what he ends up looking like. All right, man. Next up, we've got 6'4", 175-pound athlete out of SEC territory, Amarian Walker. What do we need to know about this kid? Seems I like mean, one of those guys that fits pretty well in that, the whole speed and space philosophy. Yeah, I mean, it, the coolest thing is that Michigan stole him from Notre Dame. I mean, there's another, there another taking advantage of the coaching change. Uh, you know, they were on him for a long time, and they may have gotten him even if Brian Kelly was still there, but that certainly didn't didn't hurt. Um but he, he's a, you know, 6'4", 175. He's a little thin, but he can play both sides of the ball. He's really athletic, really smooth, a lot of natural ball skills. Michigan likes him on offense, but there's a, you know, there, he may get a look on defense too. I know some of the other schools in the SEC were looking at him as a safety. So he can do a lot for you. He's got a great build, really athletic, really natural, really smooth, good catcher of the ball. I like him a lot. And Michigan just flipped him today from Notre Dame. So that always feels pretty good. And Michigan took a little jab too, by the way, on there when they signed him, they said, we found our good luck charm of the class or whatever. <laughs> you know, a little, little stick to Notre Dame right just there. A little, just a little jab for that. Yeah, meeting little, in what 2032 or whenever the hell it is there. Yeah, they're actually going to exactly. play football again. Uh, again, another big piece of that, that Michigan secondary that we talked about miles Pollard out of Ravenwood. Um, you know, he, he's been part of this class now for a little while. I know people are excited about him comes from the same place. Junior Colson comes from, what do you like about him? He's, I mean, he's dude, he's basically a less polished, slightly less physically ready version of Will Johnson. I mean, these six, two, six, three, both of them, super long arms, both of them sticky and physical in coverage. Both of them can run. He's just not quite as far along as Will Johnson in terms of his technique. Will Johnson's a little more smooth little bit more put together but i dude the the sky is the limit for this this pair of cornerbacks i know everybody was really hoping that you could pair up will johnson and damani jackson and that would have been that would have been undisputed the best the best secondary hall in the country but i really like miles pollard i really like how he's built i really like how he's put together and i think he's 
he's what you look for in kind of a developmental raw cornerback prospect. And and he's but he's not that far away either. Like he's not as ready as Will Johnson, but he's not that far off either. I like him a lot on tape. Yeah, I'm going to skip down to a couple guys because I, I want to give you some time to talk about this kid. You went out, you met with him, I believe, in South Carolina. Mm. C.J. Stokes, part of this 2022 class. Not a highly rated running back, but a guy that's been billed as one of the hardest workers out there. You could see that, I think, in his commitment video. You know, or he, he was brought to tears today just talking about how much it meant to him to be a part of this yeah. class and, and what the opportunity meant. What do you like about him? What does he bring to Michigan? I saw, I can't remember who had this write up, but I feel like I said some of the same things about him after I saw him in person. I don't know if you'd say he's like elite at anything, but he's really good at everything. He, he, he's, he's got really good speed, really good vision, really good balance. He breaks tackles. He runs tough. He can get to the edge. He can catch it a little bit. He's a winner. They've won multiple state championships there at uh, Hammond school. I was trying to look up the name of the school and, uh, and he's a worker. He's from a military family. The kid just gets it. And, and if, if he's got, you know, whatever, however you want to quantify it, if he's got, you know, 30% more potential in him, he's going to get all 30. Like he, he is not going to leave anything on the table and whatever he needs to do to be great, he's going to do it. I mean, I, I remember talking to his coach, like he already treats his, his football career like a job. It's very, very serious to him. You, you mentioned it, you know, when he started speaking about that today, he was brought to tears, just a really mature kid. And he's good. I mean, he's a good player. You can put on his highlights and be really impressed by what he's able to do. You know, with, with the success that Michigan had running the ball this year, you might have thought they'd go out and get any running back they wanted. And, and you did say, like, you know, he's modestly rated. This isn't a kid that everybody in the country wanted. But South Carolina did, and that's the hometown school, and Michigan won out. So I think that's I think that's noteworthy. And look, Mike Mike Hart identified this kid a long time ago and wanted him. So I think that that should that should carry some weight as well. Yeah, and and what I would just say for anybody out there, if you're looking for a comparison in terms of the mental makeup, think Blake Corum. The way yeah, the, the type the type of work ethic that's that's basically what you're getting out of this guy. So does he come with a lot of stars? No, but I think if we've learned anything about this 2021 team, it's that if your mental makeup is is in the right place, you can do some pretty incredible things. So you're probably going to get that. You're going to get that out of this guy. The, I've reached the end of my list. Are there any other recruits that I didn't mention that you want to highlight today to make sure that we give you know credit where credits due? Yeah, I'll just do a couple. So Marlon Klein, the other tight end in the class, another four-star kid. I mean, this, you know, he's he's from Germany, so we have another German-born kid that's going to be on the team, not able to make any NIL money, which is kind of another weird thing we discovered throughout the course of this year, but hasn't been playing football for very long. Another, you know, SEC footprint kid, so that's a nice win for Michigan on the trail. Micah Pollard. So there's Miles Pollard and Micah Pollard both on this team. Micah Pollard's the six foot three, two hundred pound hybrid that's i'm interested to see how he develops are they going to try to stack 40 pounds on this kid are they going to keep him around 210 215 you know we'll see he's range he's got some pass rushing skills and i believe i'm getting the right yeah i'm pretty sure that's the right one micah pollard is the nephew of braylon edwards it's not miles right it's micah pollard i'm pretty sure that's right if it's not i'm sure someone will correct me but micah pollard big reason why he picked michigan damani dent is a really interesting prospect safety from florida um, super, super raw, but absolutely just athleticism off the charts. Very, very long arms, very rangy, can do a lot for you back there. He's not Daxton Hill, but that's who he looks like. His physique, his build, his arms, 
his body proportions, the way he runs and moves. He got super, super hot on the recruiting trail down the stretch. All of the Florida schools wanted Damani Dent down the stretch. Miami, Florida, Florida State, they were all after him. Michigan held them off and, and got a nice signing out of him. Who else is there? I think that might – nope, there's a couple more. Deuce Spurlock, uh, listed as an athlete on some on some sites, but looks like he could play multiple linebacker positions, 6'2", 220. Alabama kid down there, another one in the SEC country, so Michigan gets a nice win there. And honestly, like, I don't know how much we'll get into this or people will ask about it, but I, I'm surprised by, I think if you were going to hand letter grades out to position groups, I think the offensive line is the weakest group. And that's strange because of how good they've been, how well they've run the ball. But both Connor Jones and Alessandro Lorenzetti are, are kind of like the project types. Neither one of these guys are going to be ready to play right away. Connor Jones, 6'7", 285. Lorenzetti 6'6", 275, and, and they, they've got potential. You can see the, t the talent and the skill there, but neither of these guys are going to be ready to play out of the gate. Now, Michigan also did sign Andrew Gentry, who's really intriguing, 6'8", 3'10", when he came out of high school. I don't know how big he is now. He's been away on a mission for two years. But Michigan wanted him really, really badly when he came out in 2020. He's now back, uh, back in, in football you know, in the football mindset, I don't know if he's in football shape or if he's, we are talking about two years away from the game. So you wonder when he's going to be ready, but you're also looking at a kid who's now 20, 21 years old, not 17 or 18. Grown so as a man. That, yeah, I think that's interesting. And uh, that's your three offensive linemen. Now, Michigan does have some pretty young, talented linemen on the roster. So I think if you can go a little thin, this could be a year you could get away with it. But I'm just surprised because of how good they were along the offensive line, the kind of coach and recruiter that Sharon Moore is and you know how well all, all linemen love running the ball, man. That's what they want. You just lean on people, just mall dudes. And Michigan certainly did a hell of a lot of that. So I don't know. I, you know, the class is top 10 across the board, wherever you look, whether it's on three rivals, 24 seven, it's, it's viewed as a consensus top 10 class behind Ohio state behind Penn state in the big 10. So I mean, Lather, rinse, repeat, right? Michigan's all, it's every year. Close to a top 10 class, battling it out with Penn State, a little bit behind Ohio State. There you have it. Michigan still does have a chance to, you know, land like a Josh Connerly down the stretch, the five-star lineman out of Washington. I actually get the sense that he's going to stay out west now. You know, Washington's got a new energetic young coach. USC's got Lincoln Riley. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Michigan gets involved with any more offensive linemen or defensive ends. Michigan does not have a true defensive end commit in this class, and that's that's a little bit troubling as well. You got a couple, you know, tweener guys that might end up playing the the edge, but there's not like a Mike Morris body type or uh, you know a, ta a Taylor Upshaw body type. They didn't really get anybody like that. the The one defensive end that they had. The Ethan Burke kid, he flipped his commitment to Texas today. And then Cavante Henry, who's also – he's he's kind of a tweener edge guy too. He didn't sign today, and all signs point to him staying out west who might be maybe joining back up with, with Courtney Morgan at Washington. So there you have it. 31 minutes of recruiting coverage right down the right down the list, dude. How do we feel about that? I, well, I feel great about it. And I also just saw we got a message on the on the on the at least on the Facebook site, CJ Frazier. They've got a tornado warning out there in Iowa. And dude, homie oh. still tuned into the to the show. 
That's the kind of commitment you just can't buy. This is for no us, money but also buy. for him. I mean, dude, during a tornado warning, like I know we're important, but that's like that's that's top on the speed, like the speed dial. That's crazy, like, that's dude. Top shelf. I thought you were gonna say something about a tornado being around here. My wife, dude, she, she dude, she's the scared most scared person of tornadoes I've ever seen. Really, in my life. unbelievable, oh, dude. Out of my, my control. I'm ready to go chase them. I flip the switch. Well, I turn into like Bill Paxton. You know me you, and Twister. We go I was way back. Say two things. You love the movie Twister, and you're a 37 year old Midwestern dad. So that's what you do. Can't help it. So it's it's in your blood. It's in our blood. It's in pick, our blood. Pick up, pick up some of the dirt out of the driveway and just let it drop to see which way the wind's blowing. I'm also a 37 year old Midwestern dad. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Anybody remember this game? Just throwing that out there. All right. <laughs> So we, we're going to have some questions come through now. I know you guys have been throwing comments out there. I, I'll be completely honest. I was barely looking at them as we were trying to get through, you know, all those. Well, let's give, let's give Brandon Brown his props. I mean, we just ran through that list of recruits and Brandon, thanks to his Rolodex of knowledge is able to just pull info left and right about all of these guys. Not many people can do that. I don't think people know or fully appreciate how impressive that is. Kudos to you. Cause I Thank sure as hell couldn't have done it. Yeah, appreciate that. I mean, look, it it was my freaking life for seven years. That's all I did was consume recruiting stuff from from dusk till dawn. And I, I like I said, I can't get away from it. I still I'm still reading about stuff. I'm still talking to kids here and there. I still hit up coaches a little bit here and there. I still do have a few little a little moles inside the program that I can reach out to occasionally, but it's just not as often. I just don't do it as much because we've I mean, we've talked about it. We have the analytics that show that the recruiting, the amount of time it takes to cover recruiting really, really well does not pay off in terms of interaction and what, what it turns into on the site. And that's, yeah. that's just the way it is. And look, like I was at Rivals for seven years and I loved it there. And that was a different model. Though. That was subscription-based, people paying for inside information and expecting scoop and expecting you know things that you can't find out on social media. So it's a little different. But anyway, I still love it. I've always been a recruiting nut. I could jump back into it tomorrow and feel just as passionate about it. So, you know, when signing day rolls around, it is fun to, it is fun to dive into it a little bit more. I mean, that's all we did all day. You know, we got up at eight o'clock in the morning, a couple faxes had already come through. We started, maybe you didn't, but I tried, I was a little bit behind schedule myself, but I mean, the faxes start rolling in at seven o'clock in the morning. And then from there on it's announcements and it's flips and it's this and it's that. And uh, I think it went pretty well. So appreciate everybody who listened to me ramble just now and everybody who read all of our stuff at Wolverine Digest today, because somebody was, there was a lot of people reading it today. So that's, that, and I'm not sure what Chris is doing. Uh, Lord only knows what kind of seedy behavior is going on behind the, behind the lens. Now that Chris has his camera turned off. Um, I had to blow my nose. I wanted to spare the people okay. from having to hear and see it. I've okay. been over here wiping it the whole damn time. I, they probably they probably think I'm a cokehead out there. Left and right, I'm just the whole. I have been accused as a cokehead before because of my well, allergies, but that's you know there's reason behind that. <laughs> me, look at me. I'm I just, get a little, I get just a good little, old good old Midwestern boy. That's it. I get a little Man. excited at times. Yeah, get that, that booger sugar going around out here. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So if anybody has any questions, we'll start talking about those now. The first one that I see is from Dwayne Jones. Any word on the transfer portal targets? Yeah, Michigan's got a couple transfer guys that they're looking at. They brought them both in over the weekend. I am not going to attempt to say the center's name for Virginia. It is a mouthful. Both first and last names start with O and have about 15 vowels in it. But this is a kid that was like second team all ACC. He started like 30 games at Virginia. He would immediately immediately shore up Michigan's uh, soon-to-be-vacated spot from uh, Andrew Vistardis being done at U of M. And, and I would assume if Michigan lands that guy, I should probably look up his name, and so I don't, I'm don't. i not calling him that guy. But it, it, is, a, it, it, is, a, it is a mouthful. Um, Transfer Center, Virginia. And I'll, I'll do my best here to read it out loud because it I'm is – excited to hear it. <laughs> Of course, that brought up like the transfer center in Virginia on the road. I don't even know what I'm looking. See, this for. is why we don't make people pay for our content. Like, if, well, imagine if you had to pay for this. This is what being on a pod's all about, though. You, you do stuff on the fly. You're fielding Live questions. Um, all right, there it is. Let me let me attempt. Oh, Ola Sagon Olawatimi. There sound pretty good. Ola Sagon Olawatimi. There's the Virginia center right there. Um, and then, uh, DeMonte Trainum, the big bodied running back from Arizona state who I actually covered quite a bit. He, he went to the same high school as, uh, as Nolan Rumler, Archbishop Hoban in Akron. He goes by chip. That's a little easier to say than Diamante, but he's like six foot two thirty. I mean, the dude's a beast. I remember watching him at camps and he was really, really impressive. I always thought it was weird that he went out to Arizona state, of Iowa, uh, Ohio kid, but anyway, Michigan hosted both of them last week. It's been pretty quiet on that front. I haven't heard much. I've, I've reached out to a couple people. I reached out to both players. Didn't hear back. You know, again, that's a kid I had a had a decent relationship with when he was a recruit, but I haven't talked to him in two years. So I don't. We'll see what uh, we'll see what ends up coming out of that. But yeah, I, I do think you could find. I think you could find an immediate role for both of those guys with Hassan Haskins being on his way out. You inject Chip Trainum, and now he's your big body, short yardage kind of back. And with Vistardis being on his way out, you put in Olawatimi, and then he he becomes your starting center. So, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening with both of those guys, but don't have anything real concrete to offer up at this point. So there you go. But, look, the visits went how, – how good did the visits go for everybody else? Darius Clemens was in the house. He's now yeah. signed. Alex Orgy was in the house. He's now signed. Uh, who else was there? I think there were five people there that weekend. I can't remember who the third third prospect was, but – Obviously, things went really well because Michigan was able to land a couple of those guys. That was my phone. Just fell. We're good. We're good over here. Um, I saw your, saw your Wanted to make sure somebody didn't break into your basement about to hit you in the back of the head with a sock full of pennies. Are we good? Are we good? Uh, yes, we did cover Will Johnson. Yeah. Uh, stud. I mean, you know, he's, he's a, a future captain. He's a five-star for a reason. Super sticky, really smooth, great ball skills, worker, leader. I mean, he's he's everything you look for in a prospect. That's that's the kind of kid Will Johnson is. Um, who has the most upside? Not the most known, but who could really surprise in time? I like this question. Yeah. I like these types of questions. And in fact, keep the lookout for tomorrow. I will be doing the signee superlatives and this might be one that I throw on there, but most upside guy. I don't know, Chris, you heard me just rattle off a bunch of stuff. Has anybody jumped to mind when you first saw that question? A guy that you think could end up being like they said, not like a super well known guy that's expected. 100%. Yeah. Who do you got? Stokes. 
Yeah. I think that, I think that dude can become one of the top running backs in the country. And the reason I believe that is because this year made me a believer in the process and hard work. And that if you're truly committed to, to seeing something through that, that you can make it happen. And he seems like CJ seems like one of those guys. And so not a, not a highly rated uh, recruit, but certainly he's got a championship level level mindset. And I think that by the time it's all said and done at the university of Michigan, he's going to be one of the more pleasant surprises in the recruiting class. For me, it's Damani Dent. I mean, it's, it's Damani Dent because of his just raw athleticism, his length, his range, his speed. Um, I mean, there's a reason why every school in Florida wanted him by the end of this cycle and Michigan was able to fend them off and, and get him in the fold. Like, it's funny you mentioned CJ Stokes he on on three who I like how they're I like how they're approaching things by the way um they are taking an average of all of the other recruiting services to get their recruiting rankings so it's kind ah, of okay it's a it's a step up of the 24/7 composite So wait so can we take can we take all of those rankings and make and our make, own? make our own ranking can we do that Wolverine Digest rankings coming right, we'll just coming there soon. we go But um you pick CJ Stokes. They have him as the number 764 prospect in the country, and Dent is 738. They're like there you go. 30 spots apart. So th- I, I think both of those guys have kind of what it takes to be pretty good and be and be better than what their uh, you know what their predictions say. Um, Richard, Richard, Richard Riggs, senior. Any surprises today? Um, not really. I mean. I mean, you had the flip, but you knew the kid was going to be interested in Texas anyway. That was kind of everybody. It seemed to, they knew that was coming. I thought Michigan might land Deion Walker. I mean, it, down the uh, stretch, but like you know, it started to feel like it was going to be Kentucky. But he had his midweek official visit with Michigan last week. Then he went to Kentucky, and then he came back. And on Sunday night, after his official visit at Kentucky, he went back to spend some time with the Michigan coaches again before the dead period hit that night at midnight. So that means Michigan got him for a couple more hours before no other coaches were allowed to see him in person or host him on a visit. So, you know, at that point I was like, that's, I think that's a sign that Michigan took the lead back here and they're going to land them. But then by the time Wednesday rolled around, it was like, nah, it's going to be Kentucky. So that's probably the closest I would say to being a surprise. It's crazy how these things leak out nowadays, man. I mean, like, Look, I don't. I'm not going to tell anybody how to spend their money, but the people that subscribe to all, like, just go on Twitter or Instagram for ten minutes. You, you can get. I used to get. Look, I used to be on the other side of it. I would get so pissed. I'd, I'd put a, a big breaking news thing out there, something that I dug up at a camp that there's no way anybody else could ever know because I literally just got it from a kid at a camp. And before, you know, before I could even get to my car, it would be on, on Instagram and Twitter all over the place. So, you know how easy it is to be an insider these days. You literally don't have to be inside of anything. All you have to do is have a social media account and wait for somebody else to post it. Yeah. I like the question too, outside of Will Johnson, any immediate impact freshmen. So guys that we think might be able to play right away. Man, I think I think all of those secondary guys are going to get a shot. I really do, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, Miles Pollard's probably not ready, but like, you know, Zeke Barry, Keon oh, Darius, Stab- Darius Clemens at the wideout position. Yeah, maybe at wideout. You know, wide receiver is a position I feel like freshmen can contribute a little earlier if they're physically yeah. ready. Clemens certainly is. Omarion Walker might not be. He's pretty thin at this point, but 
I mean, that if there's a position where you can get away with it a little bit, it's receiver. I mean, you don't have to be a big hulking dude to succeed out there. But I just think because of the fact that it looks like Daxton Hill is probably going to leave. Brad Hawkins is done. We'll see what happens with the corners. You know, they're seniors, but they could, could they could potentially come back. I think multiple guys in the secondary are going to have a chance to play, and and that happens to be the the best, you know, like most ready, highest ranked guys. Will Johnson, Keon Sab, Zeke Berry, all those guys are going to be college ready in a hurry. So yeah, we'll we'll see what that looks like. Speaking of Brad Hawkins, how about no other Wolverine has played more football games than Brad? Crazy Hawkins. dude, that, that's like, insane to me. Dude's been been here forever. He's like a ninth year senior, so that ha- that tends to happen. No, I mean he's he's been here six years, you know. So you you, you stack him up when you st- you know the the extra COVID year, the fact that he redshirted, then he was also in that range where you could play four games and still redshirt. I mean, so there's been some things that have allowed that to happen, but yeah, testament to his availability, not being hurt, being smart, being ready, uh, versatile enough to play a couple spots back there. He's played down in the box. He's played deep safety. He's done it all, man. And he's been really good. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody's going to grab Brad Hawkins and say all American, but he's been about as solid as you could ask back there for a lot of years. And he's played a lot of football. So yeah, that's a testament to, to all those things. I mean, being available, dude, that's a skill. Not everybody has it. And he certainly does. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he, what he does for, for his, his finale, man. Cause it's, he's running out of, he's got a maximum of what eight quarters of Michigan football left in him out of however many games. He's yeah. Played. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a cool thing for him. Awesome kid. I mean, that's another, a kid I got to know in the recruiting process when he was coming out of Jersey. And then when he went up to, uh, was it Suffield Academy? I think Suffield Academy. I went up there and met him, met his coach, just always been a great, great kid to cover. So cool for him to have. I mean, I don't know who's going to beat that record. That's, that's something to hang your hat on, especially in today's college football. I I don't know anybody that will break that record. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Michael Beardsley, friend of the family, grew up with Mike. He used to babysit me, actually, transfer center in Virginia. Yeah, I was looking at, like, it pulled up like a warehouse. I'm like, no, I'm looking for the, the kid's name. Like, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the best Google search I've ever had in my life right there. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this is a testament. John Patrick Haskins was ranked criminally low compared to what he's done at Michigan. So, yeah, that, that number ranking, you, you try, dude. You know how many high school football players there are? And yeah, these, you nice. know, these recruiting guys try to get out and see them as many as they can and, you know, try to put a, try to put a, a, a score on them. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, where would you rank Chris? If you were a recruit coming out of high school at my current physical ability. Sure. Either way is probably funny, right? <laughs> I, you know, not very high. I mean, in the bottom 5%. And if that includes like people with disabilities, then yeah, within the within the bottom five percent, I'm oh, down there with those people, dude. <laughs> I don't know if I could run 25 feet without being completely winded. Can you do it? How so many times I, up and down the basketball court could you go before you needed to take a minute? So I jogged aggressively, an aggressive jog across an aggressive North jog. That, well, is, that might be the the whitest thing I've ever. So it wasn't like a hard run, but I wasn't just doing little pick them up, put them down either. Like I was a little bit speed, jogging. a little bit of speed. <laughs> and I was just jogging across the, like a, like a common area to go get my son's soccer ball. And I, dude, I felt so heavy. 
like just just shit. I was like, I was like, God, dude, I gotta, I can't even like carry that. And I'm like, tell tell him about the tell him about the uh, the water slides. I'm two ten. It's not like I'm pushing four bills out here, but yeah, dude, we went to the water park when we were in the Dells, man, and I. I had to stop like halfway up multiple times and check my heart rate. I'm like, am I am I gonna die on these stairs right here? And my brother-in-law, who's a couple years older than me, he's like, come on, man. He's like, I'm older, I'm fatter, I have asthma, and he's just like trucking it. He's a bartender, so he's like back and forth all day, every day, you know, multiple. That's what it is. That that's what you can hours. see. Brandon out on the sidewalk doing that mall walking. That's what it is. Oh, dude, come on. Those those guys, I got a place for them. And then 7 30 a.m. in the morning, just burning. You will never see me do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little I'm gonna put a little drip onto it if I'm gonna go from <laughs> point A to point B. I'm not gonna be out there. I'm not gonna be out there with Martha Stewart in that just shit. Just walking through the mall drippy. Yeah. Right. yeah, you know, just just try to get there. Oh, it's a good point by Matthew, real real quick. You are bald headed. You might get a D2 offer, dude. That's true. I got tattoos. I mean, just based on appearance alone. That, right. That might that might be enough to get me my second star. <laughs> I didn't see this because I was still coming down to questions a little bit, but this must have been people a- answering when I asked you. Unranked, unranked. Hey, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Look, mall walking. Look, your boy could ball back in the day. Brandon Brown. Your boy ball. could ball back in the day. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be out here doing it. My wife and you know, we were we were talking about signing up for a co-ed like adult basketball league, and I'm like, I don't think I can do it. I mean, I'll, I'll need a, I'll need to blow like two possessions in. I, the I thing just, is, I'm not ready. Like, is it worth risking injury at this point in my life? You you mess up an ankle at this point in your life, your late 30s, early 40s. That ankle is going to bother you for the rest of your life. Like now I mean, is I got, not the time to start screwing around. I got good wheels, man, but. In terms of like not speed, I'm saying like I I've, I've been blessed with I, I don't really roll ankles. I don't hurt. I've never I, I've rolled my ankle one time my whole life, dude. And I played basketball since I was ten. You That's know, wild. competitively. I mean, you, you all I've obviously done the thing where you step on a foot and you roll it, or you step off the concrete and you roll it. But yeah. I've only ever had my ankle swell up one time in my life of playing basketball, which is it's just I got good tendons, good wheels, dude. I got them. But you're right. Now you do that, though. Yeah, it might not be as good as I thought. You might not recover. Yeah. Yeah. You might just what be if broken. I, so, Doc, what if I was an athlete? <laughs> you're not an athlete. <laughs> well, that was when I tried to, like, pass oh, my – when I went sledding down the hill and thought I broke a rib, I had to go get x-rays last winter, and I tried to pass it off as a sports injury, and my wife wasn't having that. So. You know what, Dependent Fanatic? I hear you, brother. We're not old yet exercise is something that I need to inject into my same, life. Same. We talked about this. Listen, yeah. we were, we talked about trying to lose weight. I think we started it maybe like, well, we're going to start it about a week ago, losing weight before we went to Miami. And I think I've gained five pounds since we started our weight loss challenge. Yeah. No, who Matt, going Matt, in the wrong Matt, direction. Matt, thinks I'm short and close to the ground. What's that? Do, do you not know your boy? You're short and close to the ground. Like one of the, brown. do I look shorter than I am? I mean, you're just about as tall, if not a little bit taller than me. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing six one with some shoes on, man. Well, come on. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say you're sniffing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself. I'm not tall, but I wouldn't call myself short either. But uh, 
<laughs> like one of the one of the brown characters from Mar Mario. You mean the mushrooms? Come on, dude. What, I mean, see, look at that, Drew. Is it Shadow Shadow? How you say your last name? You went from two forty two middle of September down to two oh five. If I wow. can make that, listen, I've I've lost over fifty pounds two different times in my life. I've had to do that. Th this will be the third time that I have to do it. I've got a problem, man. The snacks, the ho hos, the ring dings, the chocolate, the Nutella, whisker do's, whisker don'ts. <laughs> <laughs> butterfly shrimp coconut shrimp dude i'll eat it all i want it all give me all the food i know pronounced like chateau oh look at this look at this bougie ass oh, oh my here. goodness Drew chateau. No, that's not chateau i'm, I'm not calling you i can't that. i can't yeah. say chateau I, i'm not calling you that um I'm gonna say it like a midwest guy who doesn't really know much <laughs> and i'm gonna say shadow a couple good questions here from Sean Patrick Keen. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Alexander did not sign and will not sign. I have confirmed that he is not a member of Michigan's class anymore. Um, you know, the, I, I, a couple days ago, Jermaine Crowell, the coach at Belleville, put out some kind of cryptic tweets about, you know, the, this fake offer stuff. I don't, I don't get down like that. And look, Coach Crowell is my guy. I know he's had some back and forth with Michigan a little bit. Hasn't always seen eye to eye with Coach Harbaugh and some of the staff there, but he's a good dude, and he just wants he just wants the best for his kids, and that's all you can really ask for. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened with Aaron Alexander. I don't know how it played out. I don't know if he's known for a long time that he wasn't going to get an opportunity to sign today and he just didn't publicize it, but he, he's not in the class. I mean, Michigan put out their their final graphic, and it had 23 dudes on it, and he's not one of them. So that's pretty obvious that he's not going to be part of the class and, you know, just hope he finds a landing spot and finds somewhere that he can go play. Cause he's been committed to Michigan for a while. I remember when he committed, I was like, I, this doesn't look like a kid that Michigan would want. Like no offense to him. He just didn't, you know, that there's a level, there's levels to this stuff, man. He just didn't seem to be there, but anyway, hope he can figure that out. out. Did you just pull out a rap reference? A small one. Most Is people. Is that Meek Mill? Most people probably wouldn't even catch it. I don't know if it was Meek Mill first. I mean, a lot of people have said it. There's a level. Right. Right. Well, I want you to know that I caught it. I, I Here's it here. I think, hey, can you give me a little bit of the casino music? Because I, I think we need to address this here before we're getting close to an hour and we're going to have to talk about this. Uh, our boy, Deion Sanders. Prime. I mean, prime time, professional baseball player, professional football player. Elite college coach, bag man, all of the above. I mean, talk, for I'm, I'm guessing general generally fans don't really know what happened today with Dion and the top uh, recruit in the country. So why don't you kind of fill in the general fan as to what happened today? So Travis Hunter is the number one recruit in the country. I think on 24 seven, he he's he's a consensus like top two or three guy in the entire country. Five star kid was committed to Florida from Florida was committed to Florida state for a long time. Obviously Florida state is Deion Sanders, alma mater, you know, one of the most famous Knowles of all time. And he's a very prideful Seminole. I mean, he, 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 I remember before he was coaching at Jackson state, I remember he was at, I went to a, an under armor camp and Dion was there on the microphone, just yelling at kids faces to commit to Florida state. I'm like, well, you can't do that. And he just, he was just doing, it. he doesn't give a shit. Um, you're you're muted again there, bro. <laughs> I mean, let's Jesus get it together tonight. What happened? So anyway, 
Travis Hunter was committed to Florida State for a really long time. Coach uh, Deion Sanders is at Jackson State now, has been there for, I think, his one season. I think he's only coached one season. And somehow, some way, Deion Sanders has also done some work with Barstool. So somehow, some way, Barstool got involved and got, I've heard different numbers between $1 million to $1.5 million to north of $2 million in an NIL deal that Travis Hunter is going to get. And he is now signed with Jackson State. So he he spurned Florida State today, signed with Jackson State, and is going to be on Dion's team. Now there's there's a lot of uh I don't know, man. Like, look, I've I've been behind NIL, and I think people, you know, kids should be able to go get their money. And if if a if a car dealership wants to give them 10 grand to sign autographs and bring people through there, like cool. Like kids should be able to do that. That that's not really what this kid hasn't even played a, he's not even in college yet. He's not even there yet. He's getting this insane amount of money because Barstool is doing a documentary of Deion Sanders' path and journey through Jackson State. It just all feels a little bit weird. Like, I'm not hating on the kid at all. Dude, go get your bag and go. I mean, he's going to freaking dominate. This kid is a star. He's going to dominate at Jackson State, and he just went and got paid and changed his and his family's life, man. Do that. Do that all day. But – it feels a little bit strange. It feels you know a what? Little- Listen, it feels strange. Yes, but this is how you get parity in college football. Sure, when you start hey, to get look, programs right. like this. That that now the playing field is is even. For, Jacksonville State would have no shot at a kid like this if not for NIL and not you know not the ability to be able to do this. So, I love the fact that it happened. I love the fact that it's setting a precedent for other big time recruits to do the same thing. And if we start to get into a reality where we've got eight teams in the college football playoff and you've got some of the you know the the fringe programs out there making it, I think that's going to be good for the product. That's going to be good for the fans. Everybody's going to enjoy that. So hopefully this is the start of many more deals for kids like that to be able to go and get paid and, and put a school like that on the map more so than what Dion's already done. So a couple things real quick, Clay Jackson state is a division one FCS HBCU historically black college. So they just, they don't get kids like this. This is the first time ever that a, a number one prospect five-star kid has not committed to an FBS school. That's unprecedented. The fact that it was an HBCU I mean, they put, I've seen different numbers. I mean, it's been decades since they had a player of this caliber at a school like that. <clears throat> and, you know, there's, I've, I've, I haven't seen this take Malachi, but it's not, not a bad thought. Is it a, is it an FU from Dion because they didn't give him a shot at Florida state? Maybe, I, maybe it is. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. He took their cookies. That's for sure. I mean, you know, and I, I used the word like Dion stole this kid away from Florida state earlier today. I didn't mean it in the sense like that he did it in like a dirty or a bad way. But like, I also used that word when I said Michigan stole Amari Walker away from the, from Notre Dame. It's just, it's just a term. They took him away. They flipped him. whatever. I got news for you guys out there. When we say like they flipped a kid, the kid didn't actually do any flips. It's just like a figure of, it's just a word you use. Somebody got so mad at me today. Cause I said, Dion stole this kid away from Florida state. I'm like, well, he did. That's what he did. Well, that's like, because that person's an idiot. Whatever. There's a lot anyway. of them out there. It's, uh, it just, it's crazy. It's, it's just an unprecedented development. It's just, uh, it's just, it, it opens the doors for a lot of things. And I saw someone else ask about this. Um, you know, what, what my thoughts or our thoughts were on the Texas 
NIL deal. Chris, did you see the the details of that? I did. I did. And I know you brought it up today when we talked a little bit. You obviously thought it was a huge deal. I mean, it's you know. exactly what I've been talking about Michigan doing. Exactly. You create a slush fund, you call it whatever you want. They call theirs Hearts for Horns. It's a charity <laughs> event. It's beautiful, man. They're giving back. No. It's a slush fund for lots of money. Yeah, I need some Sarah McLaughlin right now. It's a slush fund to dump a ton of money into so all boosters can say, I want to contribute. I want to contribute. I want to give money. I want to give money. Let's dump it all into this one charity, and then someone who's running that charity can then give the money out to the athletes that they see fit. Texas doesn't have anything to do with it, but every kid knows that I can go to Texas and get that money. That's what that's what always kind of threw me off about this. It's like, well, the schools can't make deals for anybody. I'm like, bro, they don't need to. Do they see uh do they see Jack Sawyer at Ohio State with his hundred thousand dollar truck? Well, Ohio State doesn't have to say shit. It's right there. The kids are gonna know what they're gonna be able to get. So Texas has this thing set up now where every scholarship lineman, offensive lineman that goes to the University of Texas gets 50 grand. Boom. Just like that. Fifty thousand dollars. No questions asked. You don't even have to play a snap. If you're on scholarship, you get 50 grand. Why have I been talking about this for so long? Because Michigan has more money than Texas or just as much. Texas might be one of the only other schools with a with a football program with a pulse that can compete with Michigan when it comes to, you know, the 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 boosters and the big money uh, alumni. Um Michigan could absolutely sh- and should absolutely be doing stuff like this. Now, Michigan's in the freaking playoff and they're number two in the country. Like what they've been doing is working fine, but it's just going to continue to, it's just going to continue to snowball and go like this. So, you know, there's some kids doing all right with NIL. Like, you know, JJ McCarthy hasn't really publicized or put anything out there, but he did fine with NIL this year. He's like doing really fine. well, like really well, you know, Blake Corum. Blake I don't Corum, know. Numbers, AJ Henning. They're doing stuff. You know, Blake Corum's holding different events on a couple weeks in a row now here where he's just giving stuff away. Like, clearly, he's got a little bit of money backed up, and that's awesome. It's incredible. But Michigan Michigan absolutely could be and should be doing more with this, and they're still they're still not. Yeah. You know, I talked about this back in July, and everybody thought I was hating. Dude, I'm not hating. Look at the look at the look at the horizon of what's going on with NIL, and you tell me if Michigan's doing it big like they should be or not. It's pretty obvious that they're not. So maybe – and the thing the thing about it, though, is that – and I've said this before, too. There's no need to panic because Michigan literally could get something off the ground and rolling in, like, a week's time. A week. As right. soon as they want to do it, they could do it. So there is no need to panic. It just – are they going to do it? Are they ever going to – like – you know, they're like they're implementing rules and punishments that don't freaking exist. It's, it's I, our behavior. I was just going to say, I can tell you, and, and you probably know this too, but firsthand, there are opportunities for players waiting, ready on the table that yep. they can't capitalize on because the University of Michigan has created red tape where none needs to exist. So it's, you know, not trying to knock the university. Obviously, things are going well. They're bringing in great kids, but with this NIL stuff, there's, there's no need to create barriers where there are none. You don't have to have the wild, wild west, but let these kids, you know, o- open it up a little bit and let these kids make some money, especially given the platform that the University of Michigan has, man. There's so many great opportunities there. 
You want you want to have a better uh you want to better have a want to have a better offensive line haul? Guarantee him fifty grand. That'll help. Go. That'll help. Start. Yeah. So, and I see some people asking questions. No, there's there's not a ceiling. There's not a limit as far as I know. There isn't one. It's, this it's is whatever. this is this is capitalism now, right? These guys yeah. can capitalize whatever you're worth. You can you can take, and so whatever somebody is willing to pay you is my understanding. And Logan, you may be right about that. He says Michigan will not come out of the gate and do it first. They will follow suit, so the reputation isn't isn't marred. Bro, we're going on like eight months. What do they do? Like it's yeah, happening. It's, it's been done, happening. Man. They don't need to wait anymore. Not they should be doing this stuff now. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It's what I've said all along. You know, I've talked to some people. I have a very, very smart friend. He's much more intelligent than I am, and he he kind of laid all this stuff out as soon as the NIL thing came, and now that's exactly what we're seeing. Saw Miami do it. The guy that owns all the gyms put a bunch of money in a fund so that every single kid got a certain amount, and Texas just took it to a much higher level with 50 grand per just for going there. Just for going there. That's all you got to do. And they, Yeah, they do have to work some charitable events, but I, that's another thing that's going to be fudged to the max. Hey, coach, usually I usually do that stuff as a college right. kid anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, you know, Michigan's players go over to Mott and they do, they do right. stuff with the kids there and they, they go to this fundraiser and they go to that fundraiser and they go to the M den and they do like, yeah, they're, they're already doing those things. So I don't know, man. It's uh, it's one of those things that we've been monitoring since first, since July 1st now. And they're still, they're still playing behind. They're still playing from behind. Um, like I said, like there are some athletes at Michigan that are capitalizing on it, but they're kind of doing it on their own, you know, figuring stuff out. There's not an organized, there's not an organized front like we've seen at some of the other places like Texas now, like Miami. Uh, and I'm sure there's, there's more, but those are the two noteworthy ones that we've talked about. At least about. not that we're aware of. Yeah, I'm sure there's more, but <clears throat> Yeah, Marty, look, man, I, I don't disagree with the sentiment. Imagine having money at 18. They're going to blow it, and the focus won't be on football or education. I, I don't think it's – I don't think the focus is going to go away from football. But, dude, if you ever thought that their focus was on education, I got I got some land, some beachfront property in Idaho for you, dude. Like, they, it's never been about education. At, like, 97% of schools, dude, even at Michigan – Holier than thou, Michigan is all academic all the time, dude. It's not. It's well, not. and it's for and football. Think about this: you or me at eighteen with all that money, yeah, probably not a good idea. But but listen to the way guys like JJ McCarthy talk and the way I mean, that they care and Blake yeah, Corum. Like, sure, there's gonna be. But that's going to come, whether it's an adult, all walks of life, all ages, you're going to have some people that get money and blow money. I just think with the way college football is now, there's enough of a system in place where these players have resources. If they're signing big NIL deals, I don't think they're doing it on their own. I think that there's representation now that they can have to make sure that you know it doesn't become one of those sticky dicey situations i just think this this spells nothing for good kids but or nothing but good things for these kids who can build a nest egg provide for their family they're pouring in hours to the football program yeah. i mean people think like we'll go out and get a job if you don't have enough money in addition to your scholarship money but these guys if you look at what the schedule looks like for a college athlete 
all the way from what 5 a.m. to you know the time you go to bed. Yeah, jam packed. There's not a lot of opportunities in there for another job. And, and to your point, Chris, I mean, so many of these guys, especially at the, at this level, especially at the Michigan levels, the Texas A&M, the Bama, the Ohio State, you know, like these kids have been. I mean, quote unquote, they've been pro athletes since they were in like middle school. So it's not like I, I are they going to be kids? Are they going to spend their money on some dumb shit? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a given. Like most adults would do that too, but they're, they're going to have some things in place. And hopefully in most cases, they're going to have some people in their ears that are going to make sure that they don't make horrible decisions. You're, you're never going to, you're never going to fix it all. I mean, you've seen grown men in the NFL who make a hundred million dollars and six years later they're broke, but that's not the, that's not the norm. That's not the, that's not the majority. So I, I think, I think there is some concern that this is going to, you know, it's going to taint the, the product a little bit, but I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be some widespread epidemic where all of a sudden, like everything about college football is lost and they're not paying attention to things. And yeah, I mean, that's another good point CJ makes like, man, a lot of these kids come from nothing and, yeah. and you, you have a chance to go make five or six figures and you can send some of that back to your mom or your aunts and uncles or whoever it is that brought you up. Like it's huge, man. It can change the game for families, not just these kids playing the football, playing football or basketball. Like it really can be a, a drastically improving their life scenarios, you know, for their, their siblings, for their, whoever it's, it's, it's all walks of life. It's all kinds of people. It's all, there's examples of everything. There's going to be some people that do amazing stuff like we've seen with JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum. And I'm sure a bunch of others, those are just the ones we cover and we know about. And there's going to be some ones where kids go out and buy a fast car and get in a wreck and ruin their lives. Right. But, but here's it everywhere here, and everything. Here's the thing though. Whether they blow it or whether they put it into a bank account, who gives a shit? Like this yeah, whole really. NIL thing is about like in this country, you're able to go out and if you're worth something, you're worth whatever somebody's willing to pay you. And the biggest problem was these kids weren't able to capitalize on their own name, their own image and their own likeness. So whatever it is they choose to do with the money that comes in, that's irrelevant. The, the fact yeah. that these kids can go out and make it now, that's what matters. So if there's concern about how it gets spent, I mean, that's, that's another discussion entirely. Yeah. I mean, I think people are just, you know, it's, it's, it's going to ruin the integrity yeah, of the game. It's human nature for some people to be like, I want my football this way. And like, I don't know. I, I get it to a degree. Well, here's what I'll say. Championship football feels pretty damn good. And the fact that we're preparing for like the playoffs feels pretty good. And if maximizing NIL potential can lead to more of this type of excitement and enjoyment, I think any fan would get behind it. I did find that funny a little bit. Venice blue dev right here, throwing up this point um, coaches getting hundred million dollar deals. And then they leave in a week and they're doing this and they're doing that. And then I saw, Lane Kiffin was like, uh, it's just, uh, he was like depressed. I'm like, bro, the lane train. Come on, dude. What did you, what did you do down in Oxford with your $6 million a year job lane? Got run off at Tennessee, got run off at this job, left this job, left that job. Yeah, dude, yeah, dude. These coaches can miss me with that stuff, dude. Cause they've yeah. been doing that shit for years way worse than what these kids are probably going to do. You know what? Everybody's been doing it for years, but yeah. the guys that are largely responsible for the profits. So yeah, so there you go. Well, we cranked out more than an hour, dude. Again, national signing day. We didn't mention basketball at all once. That's all right. They're not going to play again until Saturday. 
and they haven't played since Saturday. They had a week off in between games. So I just say that because I think I typed it out on the title. It's like National Signing Day, fan discussion, basketball and football. We didn't get to any basketball. That's all right, though. That's all right. We got to lots of good stuff there. Michigan puts together a top 10 class on early. I don't know what you call today. It's the early signing period. It's National Signing Day. National Signing Day version 1.0, whatever you want to call it. I, early I National heard, Signing Day period. I have heard that they're thinking about revamping that again mm. because mm. of uh, what this has caused for the coaching carousel. Like they're like coaches are changing and switching jobs earlier and earlier to try to get out front of this early. Like, I mean, you have Brian Kelly, dude. They like Notre Dame was still like in the playoff hunt, and he left his job. Like that's that's crazy. Now he's booty clapping on stage down in Louisiana. What the hell is he doing down there? That dude, that dude just gets stranger and stranger as as the spotlight gets bigger and bigger. I can't wait to see what he provides this uh, the next season. I'm excited. That dude is on a journey. The next thing you know, dude, he's gonna show up at a presser wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt or something, dude. I don't I don't know what that guy's doing, man. He is He is wild down there in Baton Rouge, dude. Dude, that's that's uncaged heat right there. Brian Kelly down in the bayou, already talking with an accent. This, this is this is not going to be good for anybody. As a, as, good a, for as a white dude who can dance, I get more enjoyment out of watching white dudes. Who uh, okay, now, we're gonna, okay. Listen, here's the thing. You're not going to pull something like that out on the pod and not have to prove it at some point. I, I don't have a white guy who can dance. Bro. I'm retired. Well, look, people who know me know that that's that's all that's all legitimate. That's all. That's all I got to say. Did we run out of our outro music again? We did. I'm going to fire it up one more time. Christ. Yes. For who who asked about it? Darren May, uh, the the Mr. Brightside tattoo is in the works. It's been a crazy, hectic, busy week. But I'm working on it. This guy. I tell you what, dude, I'm, I'm running around, dude. I'm all over the place this week. <laughs> I tell you what, dude. Damon John over there needs to this settle down guy. and get some shit done. You, as you guys are keeping me busy over there, but it should slow down here. So I appreciate it. All right. There you have it. We ran out of our outro music once. We're not going to do it again. We're going to get out of here before an hour and 15 minutes happens because that's just absurd for, uh, absurd. for us. For us to talk Two losers like us. And yes, Bradley. I went. This might be the first show I made it through without a mic instant. I can well, hear him echo right now. You did just call him Bradley, even though his name's Brady. But we'll let oh, we'll shit. let that slide. So Damn no mic issues, but name mispronunciation. So that's all right. What did I say when we started? Reflesh, reflesh. <laughs> just reflesh it, Chris. Just uh, reflesh your screen there. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. We'll be back on Friday night. We'll see what we can get into. Yeah, yeah you did. You did talk through the mute button twice. <laughs> I think that qualifies as a mic issue. I'm in my element. All right, everyone. Take care. We'll see you on Friday.